and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, my guest helps people connect the dots between the mind, body, and spirit, knowing that they are all fully connected and fully integrated, he helps people understand the true root cause of their health issues so they can break free and experience total transformation. He's been working for over 20 years, combining all three, and I'm really excited for you to hear from him today. Please welcome Dr. Stan Gravely. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored that you asked me to come on board. Well, I've just heard bits and pieces of your story, and I am really excited to dive deep into what you do now, but also what got you here. So tell us first, what is your PhD in? Well, we got a PhD in counseling. Uh, It was called a Neuthetic Counseling Degree when I graduated. It was basically like a spirit, mind, body counseling degree that was emphasized uh, working with the spiritual as well as the physical, the mental, and everything else. And uh, I was uh, have a pastoral background, went off to Bible college, uh, got my Bible degree, got a bachelor's in theology, started working for a Christian children's home, and I was the program director there, and they were encouraging me to go back to school and get some counseling experience. And so we started working on our advanced degrees while we were at the children's home, and uh, it was the excellent opportunity for me to be able to combine work and education and all of that at the same time, uh, which is how we ended up with a counseling degree. Now, when you say we, who do you mean by that? Uh, well, it's always me and Jody. Jody and I are a team. Our whole, we've been married for 39 years, so it's we're a we package. <laughs> okay, so you guys went through he schooling through. together? Well, we met in college. Uh, Jody actually... Um, was dating my roommates uh, was my second year at Wingate College. My roommate was actually dating Jody, and they were childhood sweethearts or teenage sweethearts. And I quit school my second year. The first time I went to college, I quit school, went back home. And uh, Jody had gotten me a date with one of her girlfriends, and uh, we had double dated. And then about a year later, after I dropped out of school, um, I called her up and they came up to visit me. And it was really interesting halfway through the night. Uh, I'd gotten a date for Jody, but halfway through the night, I was dating Jody. <laughs> I, I jumped from one horse to the other horse midstream in the date, so to speak, you know. And that began our uh, over 39 year journey now. So everything we've done, we've done together. And when I was going to college, uh, the first time, you know, before all this computer technology, you know, I was writing everything freehand and then Jody would type it for me so we kind of worked through until we finally got us you know my first computer that I could do spell check and type on was a Tandy 1000 that had a hard drive and we went from floppy drive to hard drive yay you know it shows you a little bit how old I am we, we've been a team we've just done everything together for 39 years now That's awesome. So you got your PhD in Christian counseling. You were working in a children's home. Uh, What happened next? Well, we had gotten interested in health and nutrition a little bit 
along this way. In fact, when I was at the children's home, a friend of mine was teaching me how to lift weights the right way. You know, I'd lifted weights in high school, you know, where you just go around the gym and lift weights. Uh, but he actually told me, taught me how bodybuilders actually built their bodies. And we were studying Joe Weider, who you know, is the father of basically modern bodybuilding today. So I was learning how to do the Weider systems and working out, got interested in health and nutrition. I'd always battled weight all my life. I started gaining weight when I was you know, a teenager. And I pretty much, you know, was always going up and down with the weight all my life, you know, and I'd try all the dietary programs. I mean, if something was on TV or somebody was settling it and peddling it, it had something to do with weight loss. I was interested because, you know, I'd always struggled with being overweight and I didn't really like being overweight. You know, it just wasn't something that I enjoyed looking in the mirror and seeing, you know, fat stand, you know, I just didn't enjoy being fat and overweight and all that kind of stuff. And so, when he started teaching me uh, some things, you know, how to do weightlifting, I started losing weight. And uh, about that time was when I was asked to pastor my very first church in a rural part of Virginia. So I went to go uh, pastor this church. And while we were there, my neighbors were really big in the health and nutrition. And uh, told me about this preacher down in uh, Rogersville, Tennessee, that was teaching the hallelujah diet and helping people overcome sickness and disease. And and so uh, I was just immediately interested in it. So we ran down there, listened to the seminar, came back, and I adopted the hallelujah diet. And that kind of started our health and fitness journey on a, on a truly big time level, so to speak, because I'd already been working out, but now I was learning how to uh, eat clean uh, and know what to eat and what not to eat. And then at that time, while we were so excited about it, I mean, within just weeks, I, mean, I was losing the weight, but the following year, um, all the colds, the year before, I'd had all these colds and flus and viruses, bronchitis, tonsillitis. Every time something came through, diarrhea, influenza, you name it, I was catching it that winter. So I just didn't have an immune system, period, I don't guess, because when you're just drinking diet, I was drinking Diet Cokes and Diet Dr. Peppers, drinking sweet tea and coffee and not drinking water and eating a traditional American diet. It's kind of hard to stay healthy and not be sick all the time. So when I did did tweak our diet at that point for the first time in our life, we really got serious. 39 years later, you know, I, I may have had two, two or three colds at the most and, and, and no more than that. And so I pretty much don't have, I used to get tonsillitis once a year, used to get bronchitis once a year, used to have spring allergies, fall allergies, I used to get all the codes, all that stuff. And now we don't get any of those things. I mean, we pretty much say sickness and disease free. Jody had this, uh, what do you call it, during the menstrual cycle, she would start getting the cyst and things in her lymph system and be very painful. I used to kid around, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West flew in on the time of the month, you know, when she came in. She knew it, uh, but, you know, we didn't know anything how to correct it, you know, but once we cleaned up the diet and got rid of the sugars and the refined carbs and all of that, you know, she never had any more problems with that. It was eliminated, and she never has them again unless she goes on a weekend and eat some things that she shouldn't, you know, then the sugar really does affect her very much, very much now, very quickly. But, and she got rid of IBS. And so she had lived all of her life with IBS. So within, you know, 
adopting a new health and nutritional lifestyle, we got excited and we made it part of our ministry. We wanted people to know you don't have to be sick. You can eliminate sickness and disease. You can look good and feel good inside and out. You don't have to suffer from all the diseases of the world, you know. And we were working with uh, Dr. Lorraine Day, a medical doctor out in California. She was mentoring me and training me, a naturopath, Dr. Robert Sorge in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey, the only uh, the only naturopathic doctor that's approved in New Jersey, works with stars and different people. So I was working with these people and training with these people, learning all this information. So it became part of who my ministry was because I believe, you know, that we had to make the connections spiritually. We had to make the connections mentally, emotionally, because we know that stress and bitterness and anger contributes to disease. Um, and there's always a mental connection to disease that we discovered. Uh, and then, of course, you have to do the nutritional, chemical, you know, exercise diet. You got to put the whole package together. So during that time, we were really starting to put those things together. And so, you know, I was being mentored by these people, studying and reading the what I call the old guys that started this stuff over 100 years ago. Um, uh, Dr. Eric and these different guys that were just Bernard Jensen, just so many people out there that I was learning from and training from. And so then that's how I ended up because I like to read and study. I ended up, you know, going to uh, Hallelujah Acres, became a certified Hallelujah Acres health minister. And then, you know, we basically went back to a uh, life science institute. Uh, in fact, it was, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the book Fit for Life by the Maryland Diamonds. Uh, I went through uh, an institute that they had and uh, and got a life, sci- life science practitioner uh, degree in nutrition and then went to the School of Natural Healing and studied natural healing to become a vitalist and certified herbalist. You know, so I just was hungry for the knowledge because after we began to, you know, find success, you know, through connecting all the dots, spiritual, physical, mentally, emotionally, you know, we were excited about sharing this with other people. So it's just kind of birthed into uh, really who we are today because, you know, after we pastored churches, we basically retired from that aspect of the ministry and ran a alternative healthcare spirit, mind, body clinic for several years up in Martinsville, Virginia, before we closed it down and moved to North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to enjoy the beach life. But that journey, I guess, us being interested in overcoming our own sicknesses and diseases and our health challenges, her dad, Jody's dad had died of cancer and she was worried, am I going to die of cancer? So, you know, it, it sparked our interest. And of course, once I started losing weight and getting in shape, you know, that was even more exciting for me, you know, because I'd struggled all my life with it, you know, uh, as far as that goes. But so it was an exciting, it's been an exciting journey, you know, for us to kind of just learn all about connecting all the dots of life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that you started out with the vision to love on and help other people with their spiritual well-being counseling really help them get better but as you continue down your own journey you realize that it's more than just of course we want to emotionally feel better but often that like it all comes full circle yes and i love that you're you're 
your work now is driven from this personal experience because we know that a why is typically born out of a blessing or a burden and you've experienced this transformation yourself, which is like now overflows out of you and you want to share it with everybody else. Um, I want to ask you about the emotional connection to weight loss or health because you are somebody that didn't just go into the medical field, learn X, Y, and Z about medicine. You are somebody that started on the emotional journey with people, um, helping them to grow, but yet you connected it then to overall health. What have you learned about that? Yes. Um, gosh, you know, the emotional attachment to weight loss is huge. There are several factors that go on. Number one, people that are holding on to things. Uh, cannot release things from their life, uh, you know, like bitterness or strife, anger, self-judgment, whatever it is that you're holding on to. There's, there's, and it can, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, a great preacher from years ago, he's passed away, but if you lived during my generation, he was, he was the uh, Joel Osteen of the day, and uh, his writings uh, were just beautiful, wonderful man, and he's started bringing in the medical doctors and the psychiatrists, the psychologists into a center. And they began to work with people, you know, on the spiritual, physical, mental, emotional levels. And, and one of the things that I had discovered and when I ran my clinic and working with people is that you always are going to find usually there's something when people aren't losing weight or they're not able to overcome some kind of health challenge, it's usually something emotional going on inside of them that is keeping them bottled up, so to speak. Disease means you're not at ease. So our goal, you know, my goal as the counselor, someone that's helping someone, is we got to get you calmed down. Uh, we've got to get your emotions calmed down. We've got to get you healed spiritually and mentally and emotionally, you know, because, you know, you can go out here and eat good and run and jog. But, you know, it's just like if you're eating your meal and you're angry and you're upset, you're going to get indigestion. It's not going to digest properly and you're going to get nauseous. You know, you're not going to get this improving. If you sit down to eat a meal, you need to be calm cool and relax and enjoy it and make it a kind of a love affair when you're eating, not being in a hurry and all this kind of stuff, you know? So I think the emotional connection is just huge uh, in people uh, being healthy overall, because when I was running my practice, you know, I used to, I used to have a little reference book that I use and it was, it was amazing. Like the left side of your body can indicate female issues going on in your life, right side male. I used to think that was kind of hocus pocus bogus. You know, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But then when I started, me and my wife, I, I experienced it first because I was in a car accident and it hurt my, sh it was in a, blew this sh uh, collarbone apart, I had to have two surgeries. And two, three years after the surgery, I was still having a lot of pain and discomfort. And uh, didn't like taking drugs, you know, to help. And I do everything I knew herbally to do. But I started putting together, you know, my left side, my shoulder. And at that time in my life, I was going through some very challenging times with with, uh, with some things that were going on in our life professionally and even some things that were going on in my 
mom and my dad, you know, they're on the last leg of their life. So shoulders have to do with carrying the burdens of life and left side was female. And I was having issues with my mom and with this uh, uh, person at work, you know, so everything. And and so I had to go back and teach myself to number one, quit telling the story, quit talking about, you know, why I was upset and why I went through this. And so I had to make the emotional connections. And just as soon as I did and I shut up, quit talking about it, I call you got to quit telling the old story, start telling the new story you know, and start beating the drum of the past and start beating the drum of what it is that you're wanting. Uh, the next thing you know, you start changing within just a week, the pain went out of my shoulder and it was gone. And then Jody was like, Oh, this is just a bunch of bull. And so then about a year later, in the office, she ended up, we don't ever really get sick anymore. She ended up with some type of infection in her bladder, urinary tract. And she was at home in bed, not feeling well. And we started connect. We started helping her connect all those emotional dots. And part of what she was, we had had to leave our town where we had lived for 12 years where all of our kids were moved to Martinsville, take care of a parent who was dying with cancer. And, uh, you know, we, our whole life just switched up and down. We had been with our family our whole life. My kids were my praise and worship team. We made, we did everything together, you know, for our whole life. Then all of a sudden, boom, that all changes. Well, she had just never really grieved or ever got it out of her system. And it was interesting. She was in bed with a fever sick. And as soon as she realized, you know, that she needed, it was okay to cry, be mad, a little upset and, and accept, you know, the fact that, you know, our life had changed. The next day she was out of bed. And then two days later, she was back in the office with me just like a flipping the switch and we had been doing everything we needed to do nutritionally, you know, the apple, lemon juice and cranberry juice. And we were taking the, you know, the antibiotic herbs. We were doing everything we needed to do nutritionally, but we had, and I had to make the connection mentally. She did. And that made her a believer after that. But there is always an emotional mental connection to everything that we do because success is just like success. If you don't have the right mindset, to be successful, you're not going to be successful. Do you have any cool stories from your alternative healthcare center days where somebody came in super stuck and was able to move through and see transformation? Yeah, on several. I mean, if you want weight loss or just personal life, gosh, I can give you all kinds of things. I'd be sitting, I mean, I had a lady who had been trying to lose weight her whole life, was morbidly obese, uh, over probably over 300 pounds. Uh, but her problem was that she had a lot of self-image problems. Um, she come across as a very outgoing, gregarious, happy-go-lucky person. But inside, you know, we find out she had been abused. Uh, she had been made fun of. And she had been holding on to a lot of things. And so we brought her into the center and uh, we Put her on the complete program. We did the spiritual inventory, mental inventory, emotional inventory. We set up affirmations. We helped her forgive herself and forgive the people who had been negative towards her. Uh, you know, we had to reprogram her mind, you know, and we had to teach her to release, you know, and to relax and let go of that stuff, you know. And then we started working with her on the nutritional level and we got her doing some uh, passive exercise machine that we had in the office. And man, the next thing you know, she had lost a hundred pounds. Wow. 
Wow. First time, first time in her life she had ever been able to to lose weight, you know, because she had tried all the programs and the diets and the shake programs, you know, it was like me when I was coming up through this industry, you know, the health and wellness industry, you know, I tried every kind of program there was, you know, I think the first one I ever tried that was called the Cambridge diet. It was real popular back in the nineties. And it was just basically, you know, taking, drinking a couple of shakes a day with some vitamins and eating one meal a day. And, you know, so every time something would come out, I was interested in it, you know, but that was one case, you know, of someone who just all their life struggled uh, to lose weight and she just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, within just, and she's, stayed with us over a year in the center and her progress, I mean, was just, it was unreal. And she was a changed person. I mean, she, she come into the office, you know, where before, you know, she was kind of gregarious, but now she, it was like she had a whole new purpose in life and she started going out and helping people, serving people. She was joining these organizations, getting active again, socially in the community. It just opened up a whole new world for us. I was, I'm, I'm interested that you just mentioned this because I do find that so much of health is also your identity. Like in a sense, like I have always been big, so I'm just big. And so if people, I find that if they lose weight or they see success and it, their identity doesn't match, then they'll just go back because right. they, like we always say, you're not going to out earn your personal development in a sense. Like if you don't believe you're worth more or whatever, like you're never going to earn that. But that's true with health. If you see yourself in a certain way, your identity has to shift as well in order for you to see the results in your health. Absolutely. You talked about affirmations. How does that link together? Well, the affirmations are part of reprogramming your mind and your body, so to speak. You know, we always say, you know, as a man thinks, what a person says is, is you know, what you're thinking today and what you're eating today is going to make who you are tomorrow. It's a combination of both. And so, you know, as a man thinks, so he is, you know, and we always tell people don't be hung by your tongue because so many people, I call it prophesying, you know, they walk around all day and if you're negative and you're always saying uh, nothing, I never win anything, I never have any good luck. Well, that's what you are creating. What you what you're speaking is what you're creating. And one of the things that I learned uh, many, many years ago was that uh, another reason why we tell people to do the affirmations, we say state your goals and positive affirmations, state your life, you know, and positive affirmations. And we call those things that be not as though they are. And, you know, and some people say, well, that's just crazy. No, I mean, you have to have the goal. You got to have the vision. And then you start speaking the vision and the goals. And we always tell people, you know, you need to speak them too. you know, affirmations can be read, but they're meant to be spoken. And one of the interesting things that I learned many, many years ago is that every nerve in the body passes through the vocal cords and also the feet. Um, And when you speak, uh, your vocal cords are vibrating uh, through your whole body and your whole nerve. and And it's talking to the whole body. When you're talking, you're talking to your whole body, your whole electrical system that runs through your body. And so this is part of the program. You know, when you're talking to yourself, not only mentally, but on the cellular level, you're, you're creating a, I call it a vibration, you know, a, a new sense of energy, whatever you want to call it. God made us with the brain that's electrical and it shoots energy through our body. So whatever you want to call it, 
I don't care. Some people get hung up over names. I'm just, I don't know how to explain, but this is the way it is, you know? And it's just exciting, you know, when you get start training yourself to stop. Like with me, I had to quit talking about what I'd gone through in my life that led up to the accident that caused me to have all this pain and sadness in my life. And I had to shut up and quit talking about it. And I had to start writing the new story and talking about, you know, what it was that I wanted. I had to forgive, forget, and let go of some things, you know. And so that's why affirmations are so important is because what you're speaking is what's going to come to pass sooner or later. You know, it might not be soon. It might be later, but you are developing uh, the the vibration of your life. You're creating yourself, you know, um, of by your thoughts and by what you're saying. And, and it's just been proven over and over and over and over again. You know, that if you're negative and speaking negative, you're just going to get more of the same. But if you're happy and enthusiastic, the next thing you know, the people that start showing up in your life are happy and enthusiastic because unhappy people, unhappy people want to be around unhappy people and happy people want to be around happy people. Successful people like being around successful people. We don't like being around. uh, We can be nice to people. We're not better than anyone in the sense of wealth of a human being. And I can love you, but I don't have to hang out with you because you're just going to pull me down and I'm not going to be able to pull you up. So we can be friends, shake hands. But, you know, that's why sometimes in life to change, you have to change what you speak, what you say, you know, what you're affirming or not affirming in your life and even changing friends and family and getting away from people that are always saying negative things, you know, and get on the internet and you know and stuff like that it's like i I don't block certain i I don't block friends but i i take them out of my news feed unfollow them and don't get any notifications from my friends that are always moaning groaning and complaining about politics and all that kind of stuff you know because i don't want that in my self you know then the next thing you know you're speaking all this mess and what does that do to you it just makes you feel what it just brings you down yeah Yeah. Wow. You have just delivered several value bombs that, you know, aha moments for me. And if you're listening, check out drstanphd.com because he has an ebook. He's got services. You can contact him. There's lots of success stories, testimonies, and his plan on there. So definitely check that out. Now, I want to transition into um, something else that you have mentioned previous when I was talking to you, which is genetics. And I think because we're learning that you truly do become what you think about, your identity, your emotional health will transfer into the physical health. Uh, an example real quick is I was when I was doing my weight loss journey myself, every time I saw results on the scale, I like took a minute and I owned it and I said like, I feel so amazing. This is who I am. I feel energized. I feel strong. I feel confident in front of a camera. I feel like I tried to change my identity in the process because I didn't want to just hit a goal and then bounce right back up because my mind, you know, wasn't with me. So I did. I intentionally try to take my mind on this journey too. Um, but let's talk about genetics because I know a lot of people will say my family's overweight. It's in my genes. But is that true? Well, all the research that I have studied, and I do a lot of research um, and study people who do research the right way, not just, you know, based on a few 
studies or a footnote that leads you to an article that didn't do any kind of research at all. That's what's out there today. But from everything that I can see uh, from genetic studies, 1% of your genes kind of determines who you are, what you are, and what you're predisposed to have or not have. So you're talking about 1%. So 99% of your life is in your control is what I tell people. And so does genes have a problem? Well, absolutely. If you, you know, if you're going to look like your mom or your dad or a combination of the two, the hair, uh, there's going to be features, even personality things come through because you grow up with them and you live with them. But most of what we inherit is lifestyle. What we inherit is the ways of our of our family, of our social environment, I call it social environmental influences, who, who you've been around, who's been influencing you socially, whether it's educational, uh, religion, politics, these things shape who we are. And that's kind of what, like with us, part of our story, I used to think because mom had allergies and she had, you know, health problems and dad had, bron- you know, bursitis and arthritis that I was going to have it, you know, and because their grandma had it and, you know, heart disease ran into the family. And so, you know, people are like, well, it's just in your genes. And we'll know what it was like in our journey with Jody and I, when we did something as simple as change our, our life, um, what we thought was genetic was actually a lifestyle. We had inherited that, you know, I'm a Southern boy. If you haven't picked up on my Southern accent, you know, I'm from, I grew up in the South in Virginia and, and Jody in North Carolina. And we've lived in Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina all along. We're the, you know, the greasy food, fast food belt of the country. You know, I mean, we grew up with, you know, eating fat back and food, you know, we, and we cook with fat back and then cooked everything in fat back. You know, we just had these white biscuits and, you know, white flour. And then we started with the junk foods. But, and so, we inherited lifestyles, and so it was interesting when we made a change in our diet. Then all of a sudden, 39 years later, uh, we don't have the colds. We don't have the flus. We don't have the allergies. Uh, we don't have the problems that our parents had. The th- problems that I had, I got rid of, because not because I changed my genes, but it was because I changed my lifestyle. And so, yes, genes can. we're not discounting genes, but we're talking about 1%. And, 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 and even if you have a, a, a weakness, a pool in your body genetically that could be identified, most of that can be overcome with a proper lifestyle, you know, this connecting the spiritual, the physical, the mental, the emotional and everything else. Because I've known people, how many people have we known that have lived longer than the doctor said they could because they had the right mental attitude or they sent them home to die and, you know, and 20 years later, they're still living. I mean, I knew this is a, a documented case. It's very well known throughout the health and nutrition wellness industry. A man was sent home to die. So he went to the store, rented all the Three Stooges uh, VHS videos back when it was v- tapes, you know. And he literally went home and laughed his way back to health. And he died a normal life, lived a normal life after that just by learning how to get a better attitude and laugh about things and get more energy. And so I think a lot of times in life, you know, we like to, we live in a society that likes to blame a germ. We like to blame a, a, a you know, we 
we, we don't take personal responsibility. That's what it boils down to. We live in that type of society. And, and medically, people are trained to think, you know, well, if I get something, I can just go to the doctor. He can give me a pill and that'll take care of it. I used to have that mindset. Well, if I get sick, I'll just go to the doctor and he'll give me a magic bullet and we'll take the pill. But what I didn't realize was it wasn't healing anything. It was just damming up the healing process. It didn't really heal anything. But, you know, that's that's what we've been trained to think is that I want, we don't want to have to take responsibility for our health. You know, no, you know, it's like, oh, I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Well, you're going to pay for that sooner or later. If you're eating junk food all day, you're going to pay for that sooner or later, you know, because, yes, yeah, some people can get away with smoking and live to be 100, but the odds are against you. And, and so, you know, I think it's so important for people to understand that, you know, genetics are a part of life, but it's not a death sentence. It's not the last word is what I always tell people because there's so many that we've got the 99% in our hands that we can control, which to me, that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, th- I mean, I, I, you always say what is more prevalent, like the environment or genetics, which one is the most influential. And the thing is with families is the environment is often drinking or drinking pop or having white bread or having a bag of chips um, while you're watching TV at night. Like if that's the environment, what one caught, that's probably more of the problem than the genetics in itself. Yes. So I'm really curious because I have two boys, their ages <laughs> almost seven and four. And if I want to break the habit uh, of obesity, which I say as a habit uh, that runs in my family, what are some things that as a parent I can do to implement healthy choices with my family? Because you raised kids and we're was going through this process yourself. So what are some things that you did? Well, number one, we educated our children. We tried to sit down and, you know, we, and explain to them the best that they could at the time. Cause it was a pretty radical change. You know, when I went to that seminar and came home, you know, it was the first church I was pastor and we were in rural Virginia and man, you know, I, I took one of my sons with me and he heard the workshop and he was kind of into, all right, let's do this, dad. And then we came home, but then I had the, luckily I recorded it on a cassette player so that Jody could listen to it. And we started reading and studying, you know, finding the books, you know, so we, we tried to make it a family thing. We were always real family oriented. So we would sit down and talk about it, you know, and try to inform them, you know, this is why we're doing it and uh, tried to get them excited about, you know, the fact that we're doing this, not because we're trying to hold something from you. We're trying to help you, not hurt you. We're not trying to take away. We're trying to add. And so we try to stay as positive with it as we could and not use it as a, you know, as a way to punish them or make them feel bad. You know, because how many times does a kid sit down at the table and your mom says, eat your spinach? Well, I don't want the spinach, you know, that type of thing. Even with people that are not eating healthy, so to speak. So that was part of it. And then the other part of it is we would always look for the healthy substitute foods, you know, like we would still buy some chips for them to have a snack every once in a while with, but we would make sure they were the kind of chips, you know, that were made with the a better oil, the sea salts and something that was organic and natural. But that was a treat. It wasn't, you know, something that we did every day. Um, or, you know, like the cereals, we would instead of buying the, you know, the cocoa puffs and, the, you know, all the sugary cereals, we would find 
in the health food store and we had to start shopping in a health food store, we had to start looking for the substitutes. You know, it's like there's gummy bears that are made with organic ingredients and organic cane sugars, you know, instead of synthetic artificial stuff. And again, we didn't do a whole lot of that, but still we wanted them to know that we could still, you know, do pizza. We just made pizza healthy. You know, we, a lot of times we use the Ezekiel wraps, uh, for the bottom of the pizza and we would get our pizza, our Ezekiel wraps and bake them up a little bit. And then we put our ingredient, our healthy ingredients on top of the Ezekiel wrap. So they were still getting able to have pizza, you know, and we even found, you know, healthy versions of hot dogs. We found healthy versions of everything is out there today. And today it's even much better than it was when we were doing it. Now there's so many healthy options. I mean, if you want healthy options, Every grocery store is starting to add them now. I mean, before we had to drive an hour and a half to a place to find these alternatives. But we tried to make dinner as uh, delicious and as enticing. And uh, that's why you have to do your homework and, you know, and, and, and learn how to cook and make dishes that are appealing and, you know, and health, healthful to them. And we would, like I said, come up with the alternative things. But, you know, the other thing we had to do was we had to get rid of all the junk out of the house. If it's, you know, it's just like Jody, she likes chips. If they're in the house, she's going to eat them, you know, and I'm a sweet person. I don't eat refined sugar of any type, but if there's even a something healthy that's sweet, I'm going to go get it, you know, but if it's not there, I can overcome it, you know. So we had to empty out the cupboards, get rid of the junk foods, get rid of the things that were temptations to us and to them, and then give them some substitutes, you know, because, you know, there are, you know, there's there's whole grain crackers, there's whole grain type snacks. If the kids are wanting those types of things, there are amazing alternatives now from everything from, uh, you know, to vegan options that are very you know, plant-based to even some that are, and they're not necessarily vegan or, or whatever, but they're still, you know, whole grain or whole complex and stuff like that. That's, that's better than them eating, you know, the junk stuff. I mean, even when we had birthday cakes, we made our own birthday cakes. You know, we got the whole grain, you know, birthday cake mixes and sugar-free icings, and they were good. We learned how to make them good. You know, there's always tell people there is life after death. And you'll and, and, and you'll be amazed at a lot of the things yeah. that they do. And with time, you know, like with us, there's, now there's just things I w- they wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat because they make me sick now, you know, or they'll tear me up. Or I can eat it, and you know, an hour yeah. later, you know, you should I shouldn't have ate that. How many kids do you have? We had three. Got three, three and five grandkids. Yeah. Oh, well, and you know, it is, it's truly parent training as well. Uh, My son just had a Valentine's day party and the teacher told us what to bring for snacks. She said, fruit, vegetables, yogurt, applesauce. And we signed up as parents to bring these specific things. And I thought it was so helpful because if you're going to tell parents, bring a snack for Valentine's day party, 99% of parents are going to bribe buy cookies at the local grocery store right. with tons of frosting and tons of sugar because that's the kind of ingrained in our society right now that that's what you do to celebrate. And right. so I realized in that experience that the kids didn't care. They thought it was delicious. They ate it all. And it was it's teaching the parents how to celebrate without all of the sugar 
and create new habits so that it truly can trickle down. Absolutely. It's, that's key. <laughs> Parents have got to learn how to do it. And, yeah. and there's just so much you can do as a parent, you know, to help your kids understand this and get them on board and get them excited about it and not, again, take away from it. It's like we had birthday cakes. We had pizza parties. You know, we we did those things, but we did them in, you know, a healthy version. And like you said, most of the kids, we even had people come over. We didn't even tell them they were eating healthy. They didn't know any different. Uh-huh. They enjoy- I'm absolutely making personal Ezekiel uh wrap pizzas tonight because it also gets the kids involved. They can put it on themselves. They can be a part of the process and really enjoy it, which I know when I'm cutting up vegetables, my children love to help and they eat the vegetables while they're helping and it, it gets them a part of the process. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, so you said something that I think is hilarious, um, and you might not even have realized you said it. <laughs> I want to go Never into know this. What like, I'll say, yeah. <laughs> you said we did something as simple as changing our life and changing your lifestyle. All you did was change your lifestyle. That's no it. big deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's what you teach people to do now. Uh, and at the end of it, it it really is simple. It may seem overwhelming at first. But it truly is one habit at a time. So when you're working with clients and doing consulting now, what are some first things that you have people do? Well, the first thing I tell people, you know, is we got to get you off your worst habits. You know, and I find out just, you know, some people are able like me. I get the information. I flip the switch and I go with it. Some people need to go in increments, you know baby steps, you know, and some people need to transition slower than other people. So the first thing I try to find out with people is where their mindset is and how, how I can help them to go from A to Z. Some people want to go to A to Z like me. I'm, I want to get anywhere I want to go. I want to get there fast, you know, so I don't want to do the in between. Let me figure out how to get there fast. Uh, But, you know, for most people, they need, uh, to educate themselves and learn. Some people do. Some people just say, tell me what you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Everybody has different personalities. So, you know, that's one of the things you have to uh, do when you're dealing with people is listen. And so I listen to people and try to find out where they are. But the basics are very simple. Like you said, you know, basically what we're doing is number one is getting people off of refined artificial man-made manufactured foods that are laced with, with chemicals and preservatives and nitrates, everything that the cancer society and everybody will tell you don't eat these things. They can create cancer in your life, but we continue to manufacture them and sell them out there in the marketplace. So I tell people first, let's, let's start eliminating the big ones like refined sugar, you know, are they drinking sodas, you know, are they drinking, you know, even diet drinks, you know, that's number one, we need to get you off of those things, you know, we need to get you drinking more water, you know, that's simple things like that for some people, but they've got to get off the refined sugar, you know, I tell them you got to get off refined carbs, the, the white flours and the white pasta and the white rice, you know, you need to switch over to whole grains, you know, is what I, you know, I encourage people to do. I mean, it's like the Ezekiel breads and the Ezekiel wraps are perfect foods. Uh, they're flourless, you know, they're whole grain, they're complete proteins. It's just a wonderful food. Uh, it's the 
bred the, the formula that Ezekiel lived on in the Bible, you know, for a year. He didn't eat anything but this formulation of Ezekiel bread, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, but we, we try to educate them and make them realize that you got to get off of the refined stuff. And I try to teach people to eat foods the way God made them, uh, as close to the way that God made them. You know, you really can't improve on an apple. You know, you really can't improve on a, on broccoli or uh, you know, something that the way that God made it. The problem is, is when man tries to manufacture it and put it in the packaging so it can sit on a, a truck and sit in a warehouse for years with a, you know, five, 10 year expiration date on it, which is why produce, you know, is uh, they don't make any money on produce. All the money in the grocery stores made on the canned goods and the retail goods on the inside of the store because they're the ones that are pickled and preserved and can sit on the shelf forever. Well, those same things that are sitting on the shelf that are pickled and preserved, if you eat them, they're going to pickle and preserve you. And you're going to be, you know, eating the chemicals and the preservatives and all that and all the refined stuff. So that's unnatural. And so my first goal is just trying to help people realize, you know, okay, you still want to eat a sandwich. Well, can we get you to use an Ezekiel wrap or some type of, you know, whole grain instead of eating, you know, the white flour bread, you know, instead of the white rice, let's switch over to brown rice and wild rice. You know, we're just going to substitute. You're still getting rice. It's just going to be brown instead of white, you know. And, and so sugar, you know, we're going to, you know, encourage people, you know, to, if, if you need the sugar, you know, we just – teach people, you know, if you're using it for recipes, you could use something like stevia or a little bit of raw honey or a, a, a good grade of maple syrup, you know, that hadn't been messed with for, for, you know, sweetening aspects. There's always something that nature provided for us in its original state that was messed up by man in the manufacturing state. And we just try to teach people to go back to that very simple thing. Eat foods that will spoil, rot, and go bad. You know, eat foods that are not refined uh, and chemicalized. And if you always tell people, if you read the label and you're speaking in a foreign language, it's probably not food. You know, and that's a good way to teach people. You know, in the beginning, let's let's get you off this refined stuff. Let's get you off of the uh, the things that we know are obviously, you know, like soda. Most people know that they don't need to drink two, three liters of Coke or Mountain Dew a day. So for some people, that's where I start with them, Matt. You know, I got to start where they can start. Because some people, especially Diet Coke, I've gotten people off of Diet Coke, and that's one of the meanest uh, drinks to get off of. People go because of the aspartame in it and everything. They will get headaches, migraines, just get withdrawal symptoms from Diet Coke because it's just a – it's a – Diet Coke was – formulated by the tobacco industry, the people that own the tobacco industry own the diet drink companies, and they learn how to make formulas same way with cereals, with chemicals that make us addicted to the chemicals. It's like if you go to McDonald's all the time, you'll begin to get addicted to the chemicals in the food, and if you stop eating it, you'll start getting headaches. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, A few things that I want to point out. Number one, starting with the worst habits. Like really taking the big thing and focusing on that first until it becomes like, because that's going to really make movement in your life. If you're drinking no water and you really start drinking water and taking away the Diet Coke, you will see a difference. If you're eating no vegetables and you start adding vegetables to breakfast or to lit dinner and, and to lunch, you'll start seeing a difference. And then I've 
I've learned this too, Dr. Stan, and it cracks me up. If there's a commercial for it, you probably shouldn't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) And then like only walk around the perimeter of the store, right? Because all of the boxed and canned and things that are, are in the middle. And so we want fresh fruits, vegetables, whole foods, God made foods, that kind of thing. Um, all right. Well, I want to transition to one other story because right. you recently did, you and Jody again together did a bodybuilding competition and transformed your bodies yet again. Can yeah. you tell us the, like, what did you do? How did you, how did you do that? Well, you know, we got started, you know, cause you know, after I left the ministry to go to Virginia and take care of my parents, we moved to the beach and, uh, we had been pretty much in a confined lifestyle for about seven or eight years. And so when we got to the beach, we uh, were going out to eat. People were visiting with us. So, you know, it was just one big party for about four years. I mean, we were just having a good time because we lived at the beach. And everybody wants to come and see you at the beach. You know, so our business partners, business friends and family, uh, friends, you know, we were just having, so you go out, they want to go out. So you end up, and you know, going out to eat all the time, it's just hard to eat real healthy that way. We had a good time, but it was time to reel it in. And, uh, we were, in fact, we were on a cruise together and, uh, I came off the ship in November of, I guess it was 16. And I said, told Jody enough is enough. We hired a personal trainer, uh, Marcia Prince, who was actually Miss Bikini, uh, Miss Universe Bikini in 07, and uh, she transitioned. She was a very popular model for many, many, many years, and she used to be in a business that we were in together, actually, and she wasn't in it any longer, but I connected with her on Facebook, and she was advertising, you know, personal training, and I kind of said, hey, do you train guys, you know, even though you're a woman, you know, she said, sure, I'll train guys. I said, well, I said, I know what to do. I just need somebody to be accountable to, you know, accountability is huge, you know, and, and I needed someone that was going to say, I had to report into her, you know, and give my weight and my measurements and my statistics. So I needed that accountability. And so we started out in the program with her and we had great success. I was losing all this weight. Uh, she had, she was teaching us how to do a, basically a plant-based type of diet because that's what I was interested in. I asked her, I said, can you teach me how to get in shape on a, you know, high nutrient plant-based diet? Uh, and she said, sure, that's what I do. You know, she had kind of transitioned from traditional to plant-based in her, her career also. And so I started losing all this weight and right about the spring or early summer, I kind of hit a wall. And I really wasn't losing anymore. And I said, do you have any kind of program we can kind of tweak it so I can kind of, because I wanted to tweak it down a little bit more, you know. And she says, sure, I'll put you on a competition diet. And I said, okay. And she said, and since we're putting on your competition diet, we might as well see if you can do a competition. And I said, well, that wasn't on the bucket list, you know, or the uh, the goal list, you know. I mean, I thought about it probably years ago, 25 years ago, when I was working out with my friend, I was telling you about because he had tried to compete. And I said, well, maybe when I'm 50 or something, I could compete. And that was just a passing, you know, comment. So that wasn't on my dream board. That wasn't on my bucket list. And she said, and so then Jody says, well, if you're going to do it, I guess I'll do it with you. And because we, we're a we team, you know, everybody says, who's we? Uh, it's just me and Jody. And so she decided to do it. So she got on a competition 
uh, uh, diet, and we dialed her in. And so we started, as you know what it's like, we started dialing it in and dialing it in and um, walked on the stage on October 21st of this past year. And uh, Jody entered the bikini division for her age group, which was actually a below, not really her age group. It was 45 plus. She wanted a 50 plus, but they didn't have it. I was in the 50 plus uh, master's bodybuilding contest. And I was hoping that I wished I would have I was kind of bummed out, you know, because you're competing against people almost 10 years younger than me because I turned 60 next month. Uh, And so, but we both walked off the stage that day, both first place in our age division for bodybuilding and bikini contest. So that was kind of, it was fun. I mean, it was hard work. You know what what it is to to do that. Not many people know that experience, but it, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of a lot of work uh, to do something like that. But, you know, it was a lot of fun because it got us back in shape uh, to the place where, you know, my goal was by the time I was 60, I would be in the best shape of my life that I could be at age 60. So I kind of hit that goal early, you know, about four months early, five months earlier than I had planned because I'd never really last year expected to be in a, I mean, it, I mean, we started, in November of 16 and I was on stage 11 months later. Wow. Wow. Now were you eating primarily plant-based before? All we did was, well, yes, we had, I mean, before we had done different things before when I, I mean, when we got off the boat, I was eating pretty much kind of a low carb lifestyle, a healthy low carb lifestyle. And I wouldn't say low carb in the sense of I wasn't eating carbs, but I was mostly just eating, you know, lean proteins or proteins that weren't fried or deep fried or battered and all that. And just eating mostly uh, fruits and vegetables and no starches, that type of thing, diet. But it really, you know, I'd still gained a bunch of weight doing all of that. In fact, my... Uh, numbers from the doctor weren't very good at all uh, when I was doing that. And that was another motivation for me, you know, because I needed to, I wasn't needing any medication, but he says, you know, if you, you're on the line now where if you don't, if you keep going in the direction you are, you're going to end up with some sugar problems, blood pressure problems, because my blood pressure had elevated my cholesterol and so that was another reason why I was really interested in a hard, healthy, plant-based diet because I really knew that that would lower my cholesterol and get my numbers in line better than anything that I was doing at the time. And so we went pretty much 100% plant-based, you know, during that transitional time. I think we did a little bit of fish during the transition. Uh, we called it pescatarian for a little bit, you know. But my goal was to to get to plant-based because I really did want to go on stage as a you know plant-based bodybuilder because you know i was in some circles where that would um you know was popular and made a lot of new friends in that uh that world and uh, it was really fun and exciting uh learning about plant-based bodybuilders and how muscular and strong they are and the myths of people saying you can't be a bodybuilder and not eat all this meat and stuff but we did it and uh we basically, when I went back to the doctor, I dropped my cholesterol 100 points. I dropped my blood pressure. My sugar was normal. Everything had, he said, well, you're pretty much um, probably saved your life, you know, by doing this, you know. So it it was a health journey as much as it was, a, 
you know, fitness. Because, you know, being the bodybuilder stand on stage, that was way out of our comfort zone. I mean, that's, you know, you know from firsthand, you're, you know, you're getting up there and showing your stuff, so to speak, you know. And, and it's normal when you're there on stage. Everybody there is doing it. It's normal. But, you know, when you got friends and family watching you, it's kind of very uncomfortable for them and us, you know, but Hey, it's a sport, you know, they don't think anything of it when they watch the Olympics and people are in their speedos and competing. <laughs> people don't think about it, but it was a wild journey, but it paid off for us because, you know, it got us in the best shape of our life and we feel better now than we have in years. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I know you certainly don't need to do a bodybuilding competition in order to see no. awesome results, <laughs> but uh, when you push past your comfort zone and you kind of, go to one extreme. You really do learn a lot. And then the goal is to have more of a lifestyle fitness plan where you can go out to eat and you can celebrate with your friends and have a glass of wine, but yet your base is nutrient-dense food. And I know if you go to drstanphd.com, you'll find his Genesis Diet and then the Genesis Diet Cookbook, which I'm really interested in because you've taken everything that you have learned and you've put it in an ebook to teach others how to do it as well. Yeah, the Genesis Diet is basically, it goes back to what I, I basically teach, what I call the Genesis 129 Diet. And I try to teach people the more that we can live in the Garden of Eden, the original home of mankind, fresh air, sunshine, drinking clear water, you know, that's not polluted and an environmentally safe environment, you know, without any of the pollutants and eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and super green foods and nuts and seeds. You know, that was kind of, you know, what, you know, we were if you believe in the Bible and the scriptures and things like that, that was the original diet. There's no, nothing you can do to kind of argue with that. And, uh, and then we always tell people, you know, if you want to eat meat, it's fine. That's your choice. There's no sin in eating meat. You know, God allowed it, you know, after Genesis chapter nine, but it was interesting though, that I always tell people, isn't it interesting though, that people don't live as long now after the fall as they did. I mean, not the fall, but after the flood, after, uh, God said, okay, it's okay to eat meat and dairy, whatever, you know, it's okay. It's, you can do that. But isn't it interesting that the lifespans started going from seven or eight, 900 years to 120 years to where now we're down to about, you know, 75 on average, probably for a man and woman, if you want to combine them both, you know, but again, it's lifestyle. And, and I'm not saying you have to be a, you know, a vegan or a vegetarian or anything like that. I mean, God doesn't make diet. Uh, point shouldn't be a point of contention. We have freedom. Uh, some people will have a glass of wine. Some people won't. It's not my place to judge anyone in those areas. But, but I think the more we get back to God's original diet, the more we eat things the way Mother Nature gives them to us in a non-refined, non-processed way, the healthier we're going to be. Because one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Life, who is pushing eighty right now is looks like i mean his body looks amazing he looks like a professional bodybuilder and is in the great shape of his life in fact he was one of the people that inspired me uh to do the transformation that i wanted to do i always wanted to get back in shape i just didn't realize 
I was going to do the bodybuilding thing, but he was a great source of, of inspiration for me. And, you know, he just eats a very healthy whole food diet. You know, it's just like eating organic meats and organic dairies, you know, such a better choice, you know, than eating conventional uh, foods out there, you know, so the more natural you can eat, the better off you're going to be. I love that. Well, you have lived a full life and it's certainly just getting started in a lot of areas um, with your uh, new connections in the vegan bodybuilding world and plant-based and all of the things that you're doing. But you have started off as a counselor working at a children's hospital and went to <laughs> leading alternative healthcare center and helping transform people on the inside out, spirit, mind, body, connecting all of the dots. And uh, what would you say is your current life purpose? My mantra is, has been, will be until it changes, that is to help people to be healthy, wealthy, happy, and free. I mean, every day when I get up, you know, that's my own personal affirmation. I'm healthy, wealthy, happy, and free. And I want to be able to inspire, educate, motivate, and help others to be healthy, wealthy, happy, and free. That is my mission statement. That is who I am, what I am, what I like to do. And so any way that I can do that through counseling, speaking, workshops, seminars, anything I can do to spread the word like that to help people, you know, that's that's what it – and I guess that's part of the old preacher-pastor in me, you know, because I love doing pastoring and preaching. Uh, but that's just so confining and, and churches have different, you know, they're, they're much more in the, this system and I got to get out the system. You know, I, I guess I always tell people now, why don't you pastor that? So well, I guess I'm more of an evangelist now. I like to go out and be an ambassador for Christ, you know, that can proclaim and preach and teach, you know, without the church getting all upset, you know, because I'm teaching about, cause you'd be surprised. I always used to get around and, when it comes to health and nutrition uh, in, the, in some Baptist circles, you know, I said talking to some people about health and nutrition is like talking to a Baptist to start speaking in tongues. You know, they're going to go crazy, you know. And so I always found with Christians, you know, I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't do this and that. Now you're going to mess with my food, you know. And it's like food is very emotional. And uh, it, it becomes because it is because you eat it and you're a part of your life. It's a part of it and people get attached to foods addicted to foods even and most of the foods that most people are emotional because they're addicted to it you know you start coming off of diet coke you're going to pay a price you're going to detox i mean you just that's going to happen you know and so uh it's just i don't know thought process here you know but i just think it's so important for people you know to connect all these dots and understand, you know, that I'm trying to help people uh, on such a bigger scale that, you know, the church has its purpose. You know, it's like I love Joel Osteen. And he said something years ago that was I heard him in a radio broadcast or TV. And he said one of the most profound things that resonated with me. And uh, even Brandon said something was very close to it. But he said, you know, he was being interviewed by Larry King. And Larry says, why don't you? preach against this or teach about this or speak against this or have a stand on that. And he said, Larry, that's not my ministry. I know what I have been called to do. What I am doing and what I am saying is what I'm called to do. 
I let other people deal with those areas. This is my area. And so that's kind of where I'm at. You know, Joel, you know, he knew who he is. He knows what his, what his mission and purpose is. And he sticks with it and he doesn't vary from it. So that's kind of where, you know, I got to my place. You know, it's like, that was great. I love pastoring. Don't get me wrong. And I used to love to teach and to preach and to shepherd. And I was good at it. I used to rebuild churches. I used to love going to a church that was down and out and rebuild it and rejuvenate it. I just love doing that, you know, but, you know, now it's just much more expansive. You just got to know what you're doing in life and hone in on it. And that's kind of where we're at in our life is not just teaching me to do it, but helping other people do that also, because so many times people are caught in self-made cages uh, and they need, they're like little birds that need to open up the door and give them permission to flap their wings and fly. And most people need that because they're so afraid to get outside the boxes of life. And so I think that's what I like to do is kind of break the cages, break the boxes, break the paradigms and help people maybe see a, a bigger, larger picture. Awesome. Healthy, wealthy, happy, and free. You got it. That's it. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Stan, so much for spending some time with us, sharing your experience and wisdom. And for those that are interested in learning more about Dr. Stan and connecting with him, check out drstanphd.com. There are lots of resources, lots of stories, and direct email contact information so you can connect directly with him. So thanks again, Dr. Stan. We appreciate you you and um, have an amazing day. You do the same. God bless. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list. And I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50% off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you. And remember to dream big. 